it, it's going to depend on turnout, as we've just as we've just talked, and um, who's who shows up gets to decide. That's Stu Elway of the Elway Poll, and Stu today is going to talk with me about what the voters are thinking for the election coming up this coming November. And we're going to talk about the mayor's race. We're going to talk about the two at-large city council positions and also the city attorney race and uh, a whole bunch of other things. How are people feeling about crime? How are they feeling about the homelessness situation, the police department, the condition of downtown Seattle, and zoning density and all the above? Now, Stu Elway has been conducting polls in this area since the 1970s, so he has a really good handle on what's going on in this area, not only this area, but really across the country and in this state as well. He is well thought of on a national scale in terms of the types of polls that he runs and the accuracy of them, lack of a better term. So Stu Elway will be coming up in just a few moments. This is an extremely important election. You know, if you listen to shows I have had over the years, I think every time I say this is a very important election, well, like the last one with the national election between Trump and Biden, which it really was, well, I think uh, this is kind of just as important for the local area of Seattle and King County that uh, we have some real choices here. That's what's uh, stressed in this interview with Stu Elway. So that, again, is coming up first today. Let's see, what else? Uh, Just want to let you know that Voices of Experience will be going to Wednesday afternoons, 3 o'clock p.m., a one-hour show starting then about October, mid-October or so. I'll give you more details exactly when it's going to launch. But it's going to be simulcast with KKNW at 3 o'clock p.m. on Wednesdays. And that's starting again very shortly. Very happy to be going to one hour And then uh, Voices of Experience will run again on Sundays at 11 o'clock a.m. So we're just going to be talking to people with experience like we always have. And it's going to be for an extended period of time. Really excited about that. Let's see. What else? Um, Mariners. Wow. What a season. Really enjoyed it. I think I've watched the Mariners this year more than any time. And they certainly did this city well. And I love the chemistry of the team going forward. And certainly I really enjoy the ovation that Kyle Seeger got at the uh, end of the game. He certainly deserved that. Been a Seattle Mariner for 10 years. And a lot of people today are going, why are we getting rid of them? Well, I don't know why it seems like he's, what, still 33 years old. He's got some years left, which he does. But I guess it's kind of the deal's already been made that he won't be here. But um, however it turns out, I think we should all applaud what a wonderful career if he does go, that he spent in Seattle. And uh, again, the team going forward, I think, is um, something that we should all look forward to. One more thing, too, about sports, the Seattle Seahawks. You think they're out, and they bounce back, and they certainly did that against the San Francisco 49ers over the weekend. I really have to say that, honestly, I did not expect them to win that game, and they certainly did. But on the flip side of it, I do have a lot of faith in Pete Carroll, and um, and for good reason. He's just a wonderful coach. Back with my interview with Stu Wellway in just a few moments. You're listening to Voices of Experience with Paul Casey. 
Visit VoicesOfExperience.com and take a five-minute self-employment quiz. That's VoicesOfExperience.com. The higher you score on the quiz, the higher your prospects for success. One more time, visit VoicesOfExperience.com. All one word. My commentary today is about another myth. Myth number seven, which is in my book, Pre-Flight Checklist, is self-employment for you. Today, thinking positive is the key to success. There's a billion-dollar industry developed around the concept that thinking positively will change an outcome from bad to good, and that if you always think positively, good things will happen to you. I hate to sound like a Debbie Downer, but this is ridiculous, especially if you're starting your own business. There is nothing wrong with being a positive person, but sometimes it will help you to be more negative. The important thing is to be realistic or a pragmatist about the problems you're facing and how to handle them. A friend once told me this story. A man is out on the ocean in a sailboat, but his boat is not moving. Is he an optimist, a pessimist, or a realist? If he's an optimist, he says, well, maybe the wind will pick up later today. If he's a pessimist, he says, damn, I'm going to be stuck out here all night because there's just no wind. If he's a realist, he says, let's just adjust the sails. If you're a business owner, you should hope for the best, but be prepared for the worst. How can you prepare your business for a catastrophe similar to the 9-11 attacks? What can you do to prepare your business for the next recession or economic slowdown when it comes? And it will come. The economy moves in cycles, alternately peaking and slowing down every five to eight years or so. Of course, you shouldn't have a negative attitude as a business owner when dealing with employees and customers. Your persona should always be positive and optimistic. You must project confidence in what you are doing at all times to the general public and, again, to your employees and customers. But as a business owner, you must develop the ability to look at things as they are, not as you wish they were, and make decisions accordingly. You must continuously ask yourself what could go wrong and take steps to counter or prevent the negative outcomes. Thinking positive will not save your business from disaster. The smartest people in the room, whether they show it or not, are always exploring the negatives every decision they make. Are you thinking about self-employment? Visit Amazon or order a book called Pre-Flight Checklist. Is self-employment for you? Pre-Flight addresses eight myths surrounding self-employment and includes a self-employment quiz. The higher you score, the higher your prospects for success. Visit Amazon Books and input Pre-Flight Checklist. That's Pre-Flight Checklist. Well, the election is approaching very quickly. The date is November 2nd, but you should be getting your mail-in ballots very shortly. Make sure you get them in the mail and you vote. As we always say, and we talk about this in my interview coming up with Stu Elway, that this is the most important election of all, except for the last election and the one after this one. But when we're talking about Seattle and our next mayor 
and some city council people being elected and a city attorney. There are incredibly big differences in all the candidates running. So that's why this is very important election for Seattle. We've seen a lot go on the last couple of years here. A spoiler alert, as I talked to Stu, it looks like there is a movement towards more moderate candidates, but there are no guarantees. So anyhow, let's just get right to it. Talking to Stuart Elway, and he's the founder of Elway Research, and that has kind of gone into a collaborative partnership with Crosscut, so it is now called Crosscut Elway Poll. My interview was Stu Elway. One of the things, Stu, that I did see on your report, basically, is that moderation appears to be leading. Yes. Uh, we asked people um, about the four races, the citywide races, and then we asked four uh, questions about issues that are on people's minds. We know we kind of know what the top issues are, so we asked about uh, homelessness and policing and downtown, and so we put if we put all of those together. We made a little index and. There's people are on the side of kind of changing the way the direction that the city has been going. Uh, more often than not, it's not a it's not a tidal wave, but it's certainly a current. And um, people, uh, most a majority of people, wanted to change things in the city uh, more often than keep the things going in the same direction. So we had, there, there's, there's a, of the four races, there are, there's a clear, uh, I, labels are hard in Seattle because, you know, there aren't very many conservatives. So there's a, there's sort of a hard left and a, and a moderate left. So we'll call let's call it, um, uh, the, the real progressives and then, and the moderates. And there's, there's one of each in each of the four races. So people have a, a pretty clear choice on the uh, mayor, two council, and the city attorney races. Well, let's start, uh, Stu, with the uh, first one. Let's talk about Bruce Harrell and uh, Lorena Gonzalez. Forty-two to twenty-seven percent. Your poll showed with twenty-five percent undecided. So, does Bruce Harrell now uh, pop open the champagne? No, uh, we we conducted the survey just the the week right after Labor Day, which is the traditional start of paying attention season to these elections. Uh, and we did it that way on purpose to just to see w what it was kind of like at the, not the starting line, but maybe the gun lap of the, of the race. Um, and with 30, there's really about 31% that were uncommitted uh, to either of these candidates. So that's a large number. And we found that in all the races, and we'll go through them. But uh, that's a large number for this time of the year. So he's got a 15-point lead. So hit, the question for him will be whether he can consolidate that lead and fortify it uh, over these last five, six weeks of the campaign uh, by... Um, attracting more of these voters who want to change the way things are going because um, Gonzalez clearly represents the, the the direction the city hall has been going. She's president of the city council and, and one of the more outspoken uh, leaders of that side of the uh, of the debate. So 
he, he can't crack open the champagne, but it's a good place to be at this point. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised he has that big a lead in early September. I thought when you looked at the primary results, they were within a percent or two. Yeah, they were. It's a different electorate. Um, the We sampled among uh, what we consider to be likely voters for the general election, which is somebody who has voted in at least one of the last two city general elections. And that's about... That's just over half of the electorate. We're expecting about a 50% turnout, probably. That's what it was four years ago. Um, so uh, that's a larger electorate than there was during the primary. And uh, that that changes the composition somewhat. I see. So, um, okay, so on to some other races. Let's talk about uh, the ones that you actually um, – took polls on and that's city council number eight mm-hmm. and that's uh teresa mosqueda and um kenneth wilson and i look at it that it's 33 percent for teresa 17 percent for ken and then a whopping 40 percent undecided but um i still think that this would be something of a very comfortable lead for teresa but you say otherwise well, it's a lead. It's, uh, I wouldn't call it comfortable for this reason. If you're an incumbent and you only get 33% in a poll and there's there's 40% on the side, actually 50% uncommitted in the race. They didn't. They either said they were undecided or they didn't answer or they said they weren't going to vote for either of these two. So there's, there's 50% of the voters out there to be had and you're the incumbent. That's not a ringing endorsement. The advantage for her is that Ken Wilson uh, came out of nowhere to be the opponent here. She was considered sort of a shoe-in candidate. Uh, High-profile, higher-profile candidates didn't file. Ken Wilson uh, got through the primary largely on the basis of his voter pamphlet statement, which people really liked. Um, so. Um, She's she's clearly the favorite, but it's not a strong endorsement. It had had uh, a more well-known candidate uh, emerge, she might be uh, in trouble right now. But but doesn't look like she is. You know, I just talk to people and people who are on, again maybe the more of the moderate side, but um, they're just very thrilled about Ken Wilson doing as yeah. well as he has, and they're rooting for him because. Again, he just seems to be talking common sense. Yes, yeah, that that was the appeal. Um, as I said, his most of almost any, anything anybody knew about him came from his voter pamphlet statement, which which I said people really, uh, as you said, uh, said it sounded like real common sense and real practical approach to things, and people responded to that. I didn't think that the voter pamphlet had that much. Uh, influence, but obviously it does. Well, you know, we have found for years and years and years that uh, the voter pamphlet ranks at or near the top of the way people get uh, information about these candidates, particularly on lower visibility races. I mean, you know, they're not going to decide for president on basis of the voters pamphlet, but on races where they're not that visible. Um, it becomes more 
um, valuable to voters as you kind of go down the ballot. And in city council races, I mean, those are they're they're fairly visible races, but it, they're still not, you know, at, at the level of U.S. senator, president, or governor, things like that. So people Certainly. people read them. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, city Council number nine, Sarah Nelson came in with 31%. Nikita Oliver came in with 26%, 34% undecided. What's your right. observations about this race? Oliver finished a strong third in the mayor's race four years ago. Uh, so she's better known. Nelson has run before, uh, but didn't... Uh, didn't finish well. So um, here again, this is a, a, a case of the more moderate candidate leading uh, the more uh, progressive candidate. Uh, so the the question is going to be for uh, these two candidates, for Seattle and this candidate. Well, uh, Sarah Nelson is a owner with her husband of the Fremont Brewery. So uh, is sort of a can see a sort of a business candidate, even though she was uh, a council staffer before. Uh, and who did she work for? Uh, Conlon. Okay. Um, and who was defeated by Sawant? Ah, um, all right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, she knows city hall. She knows the issues, but she can be seen as a business candidate since she owns a business and, and so swims in those waters as well. Oliver is a community activist, a strong um, defund the police person, um, uh, and and uh, has her support is from younger people, renters, um, lower income folks. Nelson's is from homeowners, um, older folks. So it's a real, it really kind of shows the the uh, the divide in the city, and people have a clear choice uh, of, on the direction they want the city to go in this race. Is there any indication about who will turn out? Looks to me like 35 to 40 percent of the people are undecided, at least they're saying that now with almost everything. Yeah. Is there an indication to you, looking over the past, that Will moderates turn out more of this forty percent, or will be the more of the activists? Well, it, it's going to be pretty close. Um, and, and I should point out that we have high undecided in each of these races, but uh, only sixteen percent of our sample was undecided in all four of the races. So. Uh, even as early as uh, the first week in September, people were working their way through this ballot. And, and you know, again, as we said, there, there are a lot of unfamiliar faces on this ballot that people are learning about. But I think they're they are working their way through. Um, so they aren't undecided on all these races. The the, um, the electorate is likely to be. Uh, made up mostly, just over half, of people who've lived in the city for 20 years or more, most likely to be uh, homeowners, not renters. The city the city as a whole is about 50-50 now. Actually, there's there are more renters than owners for the first time, but this electorate is likely to be more something like 60% homeowners and, and less renters. So, um, it's likely to tend a little more 
moderate. City attorney, we didn't talk about that yet. Ann Davidson against Nicole Thomas Kennedy. Again, 45% undecided, but Ann Davidson is leading 26 to 22%. And again, we have a clear distinction here in what candidates are very different. Well, this is the clearest distinction on the ballot. Uh, we've got we've got two uh, un, relatively unknown candidates uh, with widely divergent opinions about how uh, crime and policing ought to be dealt with in the city. And Davidson uh, wants to increase policing and not crack down exactly, but pay more attention to street crime and misdemeanors. Nicole Thomas Kennedy is a proud, self-proclaimed abolitionist. She wants to uh, cease the um, prosecution of uh, misdemeanors and to defund the police pretty radically. Uh, Davidson uh, ran last year as a Republican for uh, lieutenant governor. The real question here is, will Seattle voters elect a Republican once they find out Davidson is one? I mean, I think that's not well known now. She just was endorsed yesterday by two Democrat governors, Gregoire and Locke, and Charlie Royer, former mayor Democrat. Or will the voters prefer someone who wants to significantly defund the police department and decriminalize most misdemeanors? both of which positions are opposed by sizable majorities in the cities. Pe- people don't want that. We asked them about the about that in the poll, and, and people want more policing, not less. Yeah. yeah, it's different times now, and it's not surprising that we are seeing these types of different campaigns emerging now because for a while there, it obviously just seemed the like-minded people were getting elected, and like politics does do – It swings one way, and now it's kind of swinging towards the center again with the candidates. But who will they be successful or what's going to happen, you know, ultimately here? And um, I certainly know how I feel about it, and I'm much more for the moderate candidates than I'm, you know, for the what we've been doing. And uh, that brings me to something else, too, and that would be candidate Bruce Harrell. And he seems, again, to be the choice, but it seems to me from talking to – other people, it's just more of a anti uh, Lorena Gonzalez vote because she's L- Lorena Gonzalez. But his campaign is not one that is jumping out, and you feel, oh my gosh, I really got to support this guy. He's like playing it really safe, yeah. Uh, as he's running, do you have a comment on that? Yeah, he does, uh, and I think he's uh, he is. Um, that's another uh, interesting aspect there is, you know, they were both on the city council. Uh, he was president of the city council up until, you know, two years ago, but, but he has sort of slipped that news. <laughs> that's what you could say, uh, in the campaign by, uh, emphasizing other things, playing it safe. He's done a, a real, yeah, playing football for the Huskies and his yeah. family and all that uh, historical. Yeah. yeah, right, right. And he's been very active at, at retail politics. I mean, he's he's really been around the city and meeting with people. And it's not a flashy campaign, but it's it's the old fashioned retail politics kind Steady of Steady Eddie, Steady Eddie. Whereas, don't make mistakes. Stay away from mistakes. Yeah, yeah, and and. Um, don't remind people that you used to be on the city council. The council has had uh, pretty terrible job performance ratings for s- several years now. So, you know, you can uh, not be tarred with that brush. 
Meanwhile, Gonzalez is running a campaign of just to her base, solidifying her base, uh, and and trying to turn out her folks, which are the you know the activist uh, people in the city. To the extent that she didn't even return the questionnaire from the downtown uh, association, she's sort of very visibly snubbing downtown. Boy, that's not with, smart. Well, uh, most, or is it? I don't know. Well, well, you know, in our in our poll, most people wanted to. I mean, aside two thirds of the of our uh, sample wanted to direct significant time and resources to restoring and revitalizing downtown, and that was one of the top issues: homelessness, crime, and policing, housing costs. Um, but then, you know, downtown, the condition of downtown was a significant voting issue for people. So I think she's making a mistake in that regard, but it may pay off. You know, it may may be enough. It's going to depend on turnout as we've just as we've just talked and um, who's who shows up gets to decide. My thanks to Stuart Elway for sharing the poll results for the upcoming election November 2nd. And again, your mail-in ballots should be in the mail about now. So you'll be getting them shortly, I am sure. It looks to be a very tight election. Nothing's in the bag. It appears that the moderates have somewhat of an edge right now, but there are so many undecided, which is probably typical in this type of environment. But who knows? Just get out there and vote because this is a very important election. I mean, almost every candidate, they're not just somewhat different. They have vast differences in how they're viewing the future of Seattle. So it's on all of us to make sure that we participate. And I ask that you take Stu Elway's final words very seriously when he said, who shows up decides. That's all the time we have for this edition to Voices of Experience. I would like to thank Stu Elway for sharing his wisdom and experience today. And I'm so glad that he was able to share some of his knowledge about the upcoming race. And it looks like moderation is what people are looking for, but uh, it's not in the bag whatsoever. So bottom line is turn out and vote. You should be getting your um, ballots in the mail shortly if you've not already got them. But make sure they get back into the mail and uh, vote this time. Big, important election coming up. Um, Let's see. Again, I want to let you know that Voices of Experience will be going to Wednesday afternoons at 3 p.m. on KIXI AMA 80 and simulcast at the same time on KKNW 1150 AM. So how's that? And then um, it'll be repeated on Sundays at 11 a.m. on... uh, on Kixie, Kixie AM 880. So we're still going to continue with uh, Voices of Experience and talk to people in public affairs like we did today with Stu Elway, travel, fitness, education, entertainment, adventure, with an emphasis on entrepreneurship. I still want to talk about that. And I'm going to change my emphasis from entrepreneurship to solopreneurship. And I'll explain that later as we go on. And that's really running the business very tight to your vest for lack of a better term. My name is Paul Casey, along with producer Benny Mathers. Thanks for listening. 
Quote of the week. It is an unfortunate human failing that a full pocketbook often grows more loudly than the empty stomach. Franklin Delano Roosevelt.